Well, hello again, everyone. Welcome to Red and White Authority. I'm Art Regner. This is episode 104. And, of course, the Red and White Authority is brought to you by Labatt Blue. Whether it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, it's always time for hockey. It's always time for Labatt Blue. And Labatt Blue is the official Canadian beer of the Detroit Red Wings. Please enjoy it responsibly. It is premium. It's delicious. But remember... Be responsible. And with that said, let's bring in our guest on episode 104 of the Red and White Authority, and that is the newly named director of Little Caesars Amateur Hockey, player that needs no introduction or a person, I guess I should say, but as a player, we all remember him, Brian Ralston. Brian, thanks for joining us. Really appreciate it. Good to be here, Art. Yeah, well, I want to go back because you're born in Flint, pretty much raised in Fenton, you're now a director of this, one of the best amateur programs in the entire United States, you know, with the distinctive, you know, baby blue and orange, uh, uh, the color scheme. Uh, but what was it like for you as a young man? I, I mean, I don't think of Flint. I mean, remember going to Flint as a boy, seeing the big Buick City sign or something, which I don't think is there anymore. But how did a young Brian Ralston end up becoming a high draft pick in the NHL draft, winning a national championship for Lake State in college, uh, being a finalist for the Hobie Baker? How did that all come together? Well, we started, uh, we were in, we are in Fenton, Michigan. My parents grew up in Flint. Obviously, I was born in Flint, but uh, my dad wasn't really into hockey but ended up getting into hockey with the Flint Generals in the IHL and I uh, had some you know, used to go to those games and got my older brothers I'm the youngest of four siblings and uh, my older brothers started in Flint they played it uh, with the Flint Icelanders and they started a double-a program there and by the time I came around my parents had already taken my other two brothers who had played in the Little Caesars organization as a matter of fact my oldest brother, Greg, played with Chris Illich. Wow. Um, and uh, so we started, when, when they started, with my oldest brothers. And by the time I came around, I went right to AAA hockey and, and uh, played all my AAA hockey in the Detroit area and kind of bounced around different organizations. I also played for Little Caesars. And um, that's how it all kind of started. It was the, the Flint Generals that got us going. So if I understand this correctly, when you were... There were there amateur leagues or were there peewee hockey and things? Did Flint have its own system or did you essentially through the generals say, look, you know, he's a good player. If you want your kids to play and see where they can go with this sport, you have to like go to Detroit. That's exactly how it happened because my my oldest brothers they started with uh, uh, they were a travel team, but it was the Flint Icelanders, and then. Uh, by the time I came around, my mom took me straight to Detroit. So I never start really started in Flint. I started right in Detroit, actually with uh, Compuware, who was Pete Carmano. So it was yeah. his, I think it was his first AAA team, as a matter of fact, with one of his sons. That we uh, we went from Lakeland as a as a might team right into a Compuware team. Now, uh, did you start. play at the Lakeland Ice Arena, or? Yes, we did. Yeah, I did. So, so you and Dylan Larkin must be real tight yeah. then, right? <laughs> I, they're going to name that place after the Larkin family, I think, uh, someday. I bet. I bet. Well, hey, listen, he's he's the the superstar now for the Detroit Red Wings. When did Brian Ralston know that you know, young Brian, that you were a good hockey player? 
Well, you need, you, I mean, back then, I mean, right now it's so polarizing and you have social media and, and you kind of know who the good players are. I was a good player, you know, but it was, I was never, was never in my mind that I'm going to play in the National Hockey League, that I was even going to be able to play college hockey. I was just hoping to make it to my next year and make it to junior. And if I could make it to junior, it was, it was my, probably my Bantam major year, midget minor year when I was 14, 15 years old, where I knew I was going to have an opportunity to play college hockey. And that's really all that was on my mind at that point. Uh, and then I ended up playing junior hockey in Detroit. And from there, I, ended, I got drafted right out of a, a Detroit Junior League, got drafted uh, in the first round uh, to New Jersey, right out of uh, a Detroit League, uh, the North American Hockey League at the time. Wow. So... You were drafted, but you decided to go to college then? Does, is that when, when you get drafted by the Devils and you're playing in the Detroit League, is that when Jeff Jackson comes knocking on your door and says, hey, Lake State, which, you know, they're being turned around a little bit. Let's be fair. I mean, I think that the program's, you know, elevating again. But at that time back then, they were one of the powerhouses in college hockey. I mean, was that... Was that when it kind of dawned on you, or was it when you were drafted? Or yeah, I guess when I was drafted. I, I mean, you, you know, I played uh, that that same year. I played in the World Juniors, and I was one of the I was the youngest guy in the team. I played three years in the World Juniors, but uh, that was kind of when I thought, hey, I might, I might have an opportunity here uh, to play in the National Hockey League. And back then, you know, now it seems like the NHL is younger and younger, and they throw those kids in right, right. away. It, that wasn't the case back then. They wanted you to mature and. There was older guys in the league, and so it was kind of a natural progression for me to go to Lake State and uh, and, and get stronger and, and be able to be able to handle it physically to to make that next step. I know you you know from the Flint area or down here in Detroit. Is it a culture shock when you go up to Lake State though? I mean the I mean the UP to me is like an entirely they want at one time wanted to be their own state. I mean so yeah. I mean it's just you know and I guess it. Technically, should be part of Wisconsin, but it's the UP of Michigan. What was that experience like for you? Well, Lake Superior State, um, the year before, they had an incredible team. Jim Dowd, Doug Waite, oh, yeah. you know, they were all on that team, and I got recruited there. My brother ended up becoming an assistant coach for Jeff Jackson because Jeff used to coach in the Detroit area and coach my brother at Frazier Hockeyland, as a matter of well, fact. Well, Frazier Hockeyland, my so, gosh. So Jeff Jackson, he, that's where he started, and, and he had my brother as a player, and he, he told him, you know, when you uh, if you ever, you know, are, when you're done playing, I'm going to get you as a coach. So Jeff ended up taking Ron to Lake State, and that's – I ended up going up to Lake State. Is it a culture shock? Yes, but it was a great hockey school at the time, and you're, you're so uh, consumed with the hockey part of it that uh, I felt like that, that was my best uh, option to, to make that next step so that I couldn't play in the National Hockey League after that. How much contact do you have with New Jersey at this time? Is, it, you know, is Lou Lamarillo, like, is he, I can't see him venturing up to the UP of Michigan, but, I mean, do the, are the Devils part of it? Because NCAA rules are a little bit different. You can be drafted, yet as long as you don't sign a contract or you only go to, like, the development camp, the only the college Red Wings can go to development camp. You can't go to the you know prospects tournament. Uh, did you have much interaction with the Devils? That, or that, that's all changed. You know, really? when, when I, back then you had really little to no um, communication. Uh, the, there was no development camps. There wasn't any of that kind of stuff like there is now, where those kids can just go 
which would have been awesome. And what a great experience for those kids to come in and, and, and see what the Red Wings have to offer, or any other organization for that matter. But, uh, you know, they, there's really no um, correspondence other than, um, you know, I, w I was at World Junior, so I would talk to their, their head scout or something like that, but very, very little. Very, very little. So essentially then, it's Jeff Jackson and his staff when you're in college that are molding you into the player that you, well, I mean, you were already kind of there, obviously, you had the talent, sure. but I mean, how important was Jeff Jackson in your development? Very important. Um, Jeff has always been known as a defensive uh, style coach, and I, I, you know, I was a goal scorer and I could do all that kind of stuff, but to be a well-rounded and a player, and and I think over my career I was more, I was more of a utility player. I did I played power, played penalty kill, I was able to play the defensive side of the puck, and I attribute a lot of that to to Jeff at an early age, being all hey, listen, you got to play this way, and um, and then I went on to play for Jacques Lemaire. So, you know, wow. two very. Uh, Great coaches that you know really molded my game. So. When, uh, yeah, I I, I want to move on obviously to Little Caesars here and what you're doing, but I find this you you win a national championship at Lake State. You're in there for the Hobie Baker, uh, and then you you essentially when you become a double, you win the Stanley Cup. I mean, are you thinking, wow, this is easy? Yeah. 100%. 100%. <laughs> I, I, we, won, we won a national championship my freshman year. My sophomore year, we made it to the finals. That was Paul Correa's team who ended yeah. up beating us, Maine. Yeah. Uh, then um, I played in the 1994 Olympics. And then the following year was a lockout year, but that was my first year in the National Hockey League. It started halfway through. And it was 1995, and we played the Red Wings in the final. And we beat the Red Wings, and I was thinking, gee, and these guys were all emotional in the dressing room and on the bench, and I said, well, you know, yeah, really? what are you so emotional about? You know, this was easy. <laughs> I'm Brian Ralston. I win all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was amazing. You know, guys like Ken Danico and Bruce Driver right. and Mike Peluso and uh, guys that really, you know, uh, um, Johnny McClain, guys that started that organization, I jumped in there as a kid. Obviously, I wasn't a huge part of that Stanley Cup, but just to be a part of it with those guys, basically the founders of that team because they were an expansion team, and those were the guys that molded that era. That. And then the, there was a trade with the Shanahan and, and Scott Stevens, oh, and yeah. he was our captains. Yeah, so Scott Stevens, boy, what a – I mean, he could just level people. Yeah, he was a killer. He was a – I mean, our team was so tough. We were so tough, and we had Jacques Lemaire, who is – is argue for me is the best coach in the world. He was he was the guy that molded me, uh, as well as Larry Robinson. I mean, what oh, a, I great. mean to be able to get those two guys at a young age is like, forget it. You can't you could you couldn't have a better better uh, couple coaches. You know, back then maybe perhaps the two best teams in the league were the Devils and then the Red Wings, but two really different styles. Yeah, everyone's oh the trap, New Jersey. What a boring team to watch. Where the you know Detroit, you know, kind of the second or third version of the Flying Frenchman of Montreal. I mean, they're up and down the ice, and eventually the you know the the, the Russian Five come in, and you know Scotty gets you know Stevie to change his game a little bit, and boom. What? But there never seemed to be a huge rivalry. Was that because you were in different conferences? We were in different conferences, and at the time, that was a that was a lockout year, so it was a half season. Right. So we never really crossed over and played the West. 
And the Red Wings were in the West at the time, so we'd be playing Rangers. That, that was our rival, right, right. Rangers, Islanders. So we were hitting all those games because it was 41 games that year. Right. So you never had to, to play the Red Wings, even if it was once or twice a year. But you, did, you never played them until you got to the final. And it was uh, – you, you, you get to that, and we were certainly were not the uh, – the, uh, there were so many things going on there. You had Jacques Lemaire, who used to play for Scotty Bowman, right. and, you know, with Larry Robinson the, with the Montreal Canadian connection there. And it was. The Red Wings were you, – you barely touched the puck, but we were a defensive team, big and strong, and we, we played the trap through the neutral zone, and we just didn't give them the, the room through the neutral zone, and we end up – uh, and obviously, with a with an all star goaltender as, as well that that could could win any series by himself, really. And, and uh, we ended up sweeping Detroit, and, and uh, we certainly weren't expected to. Well, you know, so you know, you become a player, you go, you win a what silver medal, two thousand two Olympics, uh, playing for Team USA. Can you talk about that experience, uh, putting on you know the colors, the red, white, and blue? Because many players, and I've talked to many players over the years, say you don't really realize until you start traveling overseas that America is beloved and maybe not so much liked either. I mean, what, 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 what was that a different it's experience? Not, it's just like Little Caesars almost. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same thing. No, no. And then the, the experience, obviously, I got the experience of playing in the Olympics in 1994 when I left college, and that was when amateurs uh, – got to play and it obviously unbelievable experience we went on a whole tour and we played nhl teams which would never happen this day uh we we play nhl teams we play american league teams uh it was it was a quite an experience and then obviously the one in salt lake this was right after 9 11. what a you know to play in your own country and the the, the military presence that was oh, there yeah. was insane so it was a whole time there around 9-11 where you, you had you had all these military people that which you never really see in the United States you know you right, you, right. You, you, you don't see that very often right, right. so but but to be in the United States and play for your country was very special we had an unbelievable team you know a lot of those older guys that um that had won in 1996 World Cup um that kind of carried the torch for the United States which is why the U.S. is as strong as they are today um but it was an amazing experience. You know, it, it's funny you would bring that up. Friends of mine who've been in the Army and some intelligence and all that, they'll say, you have no idea. They're everywhere. Like, you know, when you go drive up in Michigan, and sure. I think they're BSing me, there's, like, underground, like, camps and stuff. I mean, you know, you know they're, they're right there. If something were to happen, you would be surprised that the response time would just be seconds. So. Yeah, it's amazing. It, yeah. I mean, in that, you know, like, Donald Rumsfeld, actually, my, <laughs> wife, my wife and I actually got a picture with him. He came into the Olympic Village, and to get into the Olympic Village was, like, I mean, four different securities, and it was just insane, but... It was that time where you know a lot of fear and the, you know with the with with uh, you know World Trade Centers that, that went down and, and all that went down on 9/11. So it was it was an emotional time in the country for sure. One final question before we get into Little Caesars here, because we're running out of time, unfortunately. Um, why does the state of Michigan produce the best hockey players? Well, there's a lot of competition. There's a lot of competition, and I think the coaching is is better than it ever has been. Like. I'll have kids come to me and say, uh, you know, in the 04 age group, and they'll say, this coach, this coach. And I said, geez, they're all good. 
I mean, right. everybody's organizations are putting really good coaches in. And it's, it makes it more difficult every year to win because you have great coaches. And I think that's where it begins and ends. And I think that's something, as a director of Little Caesars, my job, and Chris Draper obviously has done a terrific job, and Darren did a terrific job here, is we have to put the right coaches in at the right ages in order to get the right development. How has it changed over the years? Because it's not only Little Caesars, and I know you're in competition with but you know, there's you know, Compuware, Bell Tire, yes. uh, the honey, honey baked. baked. I mean, this is. Uh, and when I said the state of Michigan, I just didn't say Michigan-born hockey players. Although right. I guess you could say Mike McDonald might be the greatest American ever, or one of. Sure. Uh, just for what he did, you're certainly up there in that conversation as far as uh, great American players that have come through. But it is the state; it's the development. I mean, you get. Yeah, you know, I can remember, and I've never told this story before. Patrick Kane, the last game he played at Joe Louis Arena, he didn't play very well, and he was walking out. And I wasn't part of this conversation, but I have you know, big ears. I'm always like, wow, there's Patrick Kane. Yeah. And he looked upset. And he was upset because he had spent so much time in Michigan as a, as a youth player that he wanted his last game at Joe Louis Arena to be something special. And it wasn't, you know. Right. I mean, so I guess that's what I'm talking about. You know, Patrick Kane is from Buffalo. Uh, yes, Buffalo. And, but they come from all over to be part of this whole Michigan hockey scene. Yeah, they do. I mean, I have a I have an academy, uh, Ralston Hockey Academy at Oak Park, and we have kids that want to come into the Michigan area, no, regardless of where they play. I mean, it, like I said, there's great coaches everywhere, but um, they they come in from California, from St. Louis, because they feel that Michigan is is the most competitive area to be in and to play in and to develop. Is you know. I know geography, I guess. It's because you're so close to Canada. I mean, you can, you're can you always making trips in there, and then their system, obviously, is... Well, yeah, for sure. It, it's that, I mean, the convenience is definitely, and being so... Like, Minnesota's his own beast. Right. And they are, they're all stay together, and every city has a, a team. My son actually started there because I played for the Wild at the time. Right. So you, you look at Detroit, we have Toronto unbelievable hockey community. You have Toronto, you have Chicago, which is growing. Right. So we're right kind of in the middle. If you look at the Ducks organization or the Kings organization, those poor families have to fly to Boston, to Detroit, to get their games. No one's going out west necessarily to play those teams. So we can get, we can get people from the east. It's an hour flight to get in here. We can, there's a million teams that we have the opportunity to play. And, and really, you can't... You can't uh, the, the USA hockey aspect of this is, is enormous as well and what they've done for the game and, and their ADM model and their skills first model. It's, it, they have, they've pushed this game to a new level. When, how important was the development program that is? I think it's the best kept secret in Michigan. They don't draw very well out. It's now at the Plymouth Ice Arena, former home of the, of the Plymouth Whalers. And, and the reason I ask you that is because a couple of people went, I think it was like last week, to watch the U18 team play. And their first power play unit, all of these kids are draft eligible for the draft that's going to be in, in June, like 20 or 21st of Vancouver. The five guys on the ice could all be top 15 picks in the, in the NHL draft. I mean, that's pretty extraordinary, isn't it? It's extraordinary, and I've been there firsthand. I have a son that plays on that team who's a 2002 draft. Uh, he's a late birthday, so and, and he's he's sorry he's projected high right now. So um, it, it's it's an animal that that team is uh, 
it's impressive. Obviously, you have you have the you know possibly eight guys going in the first round. I mean, it's a special team. When they started last year, I don't know if they realized how good they were going to be, but it was the first time in a long time that that team made the playoffs in the USHL because right. usually the 17s don't do very well and the, the 18s usually do very well. And they're playing against usually older Oh yeah, up to twenty-year-old men. So, and they're you know, you know, fifteen, sixteen years old. So, um, yeah, it was impressive. Like you know, my son, he was a, he's a later birthday, so he's playing against guys three years older than him now. At at, at at 22, that might not be a big deal playing against three guys older than you, but when you're 15, it does. Right, it makes right. a huge deal. Right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you're just starting to you know, beginning to fill out. That's know? right. It, it takes it takes a little time. Director, can you just now? Are you more of an administrator? Would you like to be a coach? It seems like you're into trying to develop players, but maybe is is the basic part of your job is to make sure you have the proper coaches in place to develop players. Well, I've been coaching in this organization now for four years. I've basically been coaching two teams, like the the one uh, the son that's at the development program now. I started with his group, uh, Bantam major year, and took him right up to U18. And along with our 05 group. So I'm coaching the 05 team right now. And, um, but, you know, my job is to put the right people in place to make sure our coaches are, are, are doing the right things to develop players and to keep them with Little Caesars and, and what we're doing here uh, along with the Detroit Red Wings. And, again, I know that they're really very, uh, uh, you know, it, it, it's one of the premier organizations I can't, I'm not going to speak Canadian and say organization today, but it's one of the, the premier organizations. Yeah. Uh, uh, is it easy? Does it open up doors? Or is the competition, especially in this state, so fierce that, you know, uh, uh, Brian Ralston has to be, you know, on top of it constantly? You have to be on top of it constantly. It's that competitive in Michigan. Kids are getting pulled every di uh, different direction. And, you know, if we can put the right people in place where, where, where people really feel good about what we're doing as an organization, that's what's important. Because you, you have Honeybake, you got Bell Tire. They're all great organizations, and they do a good job. Uh, but Chris, and, and Chris, Chris Draper and myself, which Chris has done an excellent job and is very, very passionate about Little Caesars. Um, he'll do anything for Little Caesars, and we, we just have to we're, we have to be on top of it and make sure we, we have the right people in place. You know, I, I know I, I mentioned the the colors before, the kind of like the baby blue and, and the orange. Uh, I would imagine like maybe like the Michigan football helmet, or you know, there's certain things in sport that are truly recognizable. The Dallas Cowboy uniform, or you know, the Montreal you know red uniform when they wear you know. Is, is is that? Do you have kids that just want to pull, just wear that orange and blue? Hundred percent, hundred percent. They they love the orange. They love it. And and the Illich family. Obviously, Mike started this a long time ago, and um, and you know put these colors in place. And and the Illich family is very specific on what goes on those jerseys and and how it's supposed to look. And uh, we're pretty proud of that. And, and we're proud of obviously. You know, Little Caesars has been around before, uh, you know, Maha was even around. So uh, it's, it's, a, it's a great brand, and uh, kids, kids love the orange for sure. Why did you take this job when you have your own development thing going on? And, you know, it sounds like you're busy already. You have two sons up and coming. One is, is going to Notre Dame to play, ironically, for right. Jeff Jackson. Uh, but 
what was it about this specific job? Why did you say, hey, this is, you know, Darren Elliott, who did a fantastic job, friends with everybody. Darren's now in Vegas. Why does uh, Brian Ralston step into this position? Well, you know, when da it, was a sh it was a little bit of a shock that Darren was leaving. He did a great job. Um, you know, it, it's another chapter kind of in my life in order to, you know, I, I've been so into Little Caesars hockey along with Chris uh, Draper and trying to help this brand that I really didn't want to see anybody else get in there. Uh, and um, I wanted to continue the, the path that we are going on. I thought Darren did an excellent job. Chris Draper did an excellent job. And we just want to continue the, the excellence that this, this organization has, has. This Belfort Training Center, I mean, I'm here all the time. The Red Wings practice here. Uh, it seems such a great, and I'm going to use the word, even though I know we're talking about you know young men here, but and young ladies too. Let's not forget that. Right. Uh, uh, the uh, such a recruiting tool. I mean, this facility alone, uh, you know, I, and I don't want to exaggerate here, but are you are you turning people away? I mean, there's only so many spots. There's only so many teams, even though this is a wonderful organization. It is, and uh, you know, it's a great it's a great tool to bring kids down here. Obviously, you're going to practice in the same building as the Detroit Red Wings. I don't know how you, it, we do have to turn people away for sure. Um, it's a great recruiting tool to bring them in. I mean. Really, you know, we hope that we move everybody onto the National Hockey League, but in reality, that's not going to happen. So if we can bring them in, give them a, basically an NHL experience by coming into an NHL building and practicing here, having a locker room, weight room, shooting room for these kids, it's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a great asset. I want to, you know, you look, you know, obviously you're an accomplished NHL player. You got Sean Harkoff who's walking around, Dan Cleary, Chris Draper. Uh, then the Red Wings themselves, do you sometimes try to have the kids themselves, because that they almost get used to this environment, like they're used to seeing professional hockey players where do you have to say, hey, take a, you know, check the ego at the door, you know, you haven't done anything yet, you're in a development program where as opposed to they, they see everybody around them where they get kind of, I don't know exactly what I'm trying to ask you here, no, Brian, but you understand. know, kind of insulated where, Look, everybody here, yeah, they're, they were a great hockey, but, you know, I worked my tail off. I right, mean. right. And, some t and it's a very good point. It's a very good point because I had this thought the other day that, you know, if, if we're getting the best players, that's all fine and good. And a lot of times we, that's something that I'm going to talk to uh, our coaches about is the culture that we have. Because a lot of times we'll get the – Caesars will get those best players that are really skilled and – but then the ethic isn't the work ethic might not be there, and you'll see some of these other organizations that obviously want to beat Caesars that they'll come and out compete Little Caesars, mm -hmm. and so that is a very important point that needs to be stressed to our coaches going forward that the culture of what we're doing has to stem right from hard work from 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 day one. Now, you know, I've read a little bit of a screwball here, but I know Chris Draper is very involved in this, but. As part of your job with coaches, would you ever have to take drapes the coach in and say, Chris, it's just not working? <laughs> I wouldn't take Chris, probably. <laughs> no, no, I mean, the, 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 that, that's part of the job as a director, for yeah, sure, right. for sure. But, 
Uh, Chris is the boss, so I'll be telling him that. But uh, anyway, um, we do have we have great people in place, but yeah. if it isn't working and we're not bringing the right people in, it's important. I mean, you got to be able to make that change. But, for sure. yeah, and that's let's face it. I mean, I know, I, like I said, I'm being a bit of a screwball here, just because I I like to needle Chris when I can, yeah, sure. uh, drapes when I can. But uh, there are difficult things that come with this job too. Whether it's telling a kid that maybe he's not Little Caesar's potential or, you know, somebody that it's just not working out. I mean, that's, but then again, being a professional hockey player, I'm sure during your life, there have been disappointments as well. Oh my gosh. I, I mean, I pretty much have been through it all being waived, being traded, being what, you know, it's a business when you get to that side of it. It is very difficult to tell a young man that, uh, you know, you're not going to be with us next year or, you know, there's definitely challenge. There'll be challenges to the job, whether it's parents being unhappy or, you know, obviously, you know, parents are very, very passionate. And this, you know, it goes from hockey to soccer to anywhere. Parents are passionate about their kids and they want them to be the best. And and we understand that. And it's something that you really have to deal with as as coaches and as a director for sure. When what do you want, what message do you want maybe parents to know? Because I would imagine parents are probably even, you know, they remember you as a player. They, you know, they, they, you know, Sean Horkoff is walking around or, you know, Chris Draper. I mean, they remember you, but what do you want to tell them? What do you want to tell them as far as this level, what to expect? Because I just know through all the amateur programs here that parents are willing to drive their kids 500 miles to practice and from practice every single day. I mean, do you want to, is it a dose of reality? You want to put a lid on it? How, what kind of advice can you give them? Well, it's, it, it's very, it's difficult because, you know, we've been through it all, mm -hmm. you know, we've been through it all. And a lot of times, you know, you know, you'll hear coaches say, we're not taking first time parents, you know, because right. they're going through it for the first time and they don't realize it. Now, I had a top five team, um, U16 uh, with Little Caesars, and we had real good players. We had nine college commits on that team. Uh, Antonio Strongis, who's at the London Knights right now. And they, they all, most of those kids went on to junior this year and they came back at Christmas sucking their thumb. You know, really? oh, really? it's, a, it's a dose of reality because yeah. once you leave uh, U16, U18, it's no longer amateur hockey. Whether you play in the North American League, the USHL, uh, OHL, the Canadian Hockey League, now you're playing professional for the most part. Those guys have to win. Uh, there's a million hockey players out there. And, you know, we just try to prepare them the best they can with their skill development and, and trying to make them accountable for their actions so that when they get there, they're ready for that experience. Not that we can really prepare them that much for that because it's, a, it's, it's just one of those things that you have to go through, through as a young man if you want to be a hockey player. All right, one final question because I know you're already late for whatever you have, your hard noon time. It's, 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 it's all good. It's been, it's been blown up. Uh, People always ask me, well, what is Little Caesars, or where do they play? What kind of leagues? Is it sanctioned by the state? Are they part of an, the you know, International Ice Hockey Federation? When you get involved, when your kid is this good, your hockey player, whether it be a young lady or a young man, where, where are they playing? What are they doing? 
Well, we Little Caesars became an independent organization. Um, I guess it was two years ago now. We became independent. We were in a league. We were in the HPHL where we there was three uh, there was three teams from Detroit that and three teams from Chicago. That was our league. Um, so we ended up getting out of that and we, we, we became independent. What that does is we can play anybody, really. We can make our own Kinda schedule. Kind of like Notre Dame football. Yeah, pretty much. We do have to play our Maha games, which we play, t- uh, well, next year will be three. Uh, in, so we'll play Beltire, Honey Bay, all those teams three times. That's a part of basically our Maha uh, Which Michigan is probably good, I would imagine. It is, and, 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 and you know we're about Michigan, you know Michigan hockey, and, and it is. It's great. You're not traveling as much. You have a cap on your games, so those those games count towards your game count, which is fine. Um, so we get to the, the nice thing about us is we're independent, so we can make our own schedule. We can play the best teams. We don't have to play the. The, the 60th ranked team or, you know, because we want to compete for, for nationals. We want to compete for a national championship every year. And by being able to control your, your schedule, playing those top teams keeps you in the hunt for that. Well, it seems that this year is going pretty well, I would imagine, for Little Caesars hockey. It is. We had uh, three. We have six total, uh, two on the AA side, four on the AAA side that won, uh, won states that are going to nationals. Uh, three boys and one girls, so we're very excited about that. Um, we we won U14, U15, U16, and in, in, uh, in boys, so it's going well. And one of those teams is Draper's team, so I'm expecting national championship there. You you didn't you didn't ask him about last year's national championship game where he was. Uh, I believe his son got a 10 minute misconduct, and I I think Crip. Chris kind of went went nuts. I mean, they they've been on the cusp. I mean, of winning this national championship, and he's coached these kids since they were little boys, right? So this this is it for them. This is it for Chris and and Keenan, and Keenan who's going to Miami. Uh, uh, you know, it's it's now or never. This is it. This is it for them. Um, this group won't be together. I mean, he's had the, he's had a lot of those kids for a long right, right. long time. So. Uh, and, and had a great team for a long time, and uh, this is going to be it for them. So, and it's right in Grand Rapids, so right where the, the minor league team is. So it's kind of nice. We have two in-state, one at Plymouth, one at Grand Rapids, so it's good. You know, you could probably get away with inserting Joe Hicketts into that lineup. Yeah. I mean, he, he looks – Joe looks about 16 years old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he might make that team. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Sorry, Joe. You know I love you too. Uh, he does. He's part of our blog series, actually, that we have on the website, uh, Taking Flight. So, uh, uh, Brian Ralston, we'll have to do this again. Obviously, we didn't really get into uh, um, uh, the girls' part of it, uh, women's uh, uh, hockey, which is ever evolving. But I'm talking to Mino Rayom on. Uh, I know she's a coach here uh, on on Monday doing another podcast. But I really appreciate it. Thanks. You know, it's it's great meeting you. And, you know, I think I know you because I've watched you play hockey for so long. But the best of luck here with uh, Little Caesars. And I appreciate it. And we'll have to do this again very, very soon. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.